Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli. Closet Conversations, that's what we're having right now. And we are going to be speaking about a porn as a sex enhancer. All the way from Ireland, we've got the only sexologist in Ireland on the line, Emily Power-Smith. Hi, Patricia. It's lovely to speak to you. I'm excited to be speaking to you today, uh, Emily, because I know that you're one of those ladies who has uh, created a buzz in Ireland uh, when it comes to talking about sex. Yeah, well, we're a country with a lot of uh, a very strong history of religion and lack of, of reliable sexuality education. So in Ireland, I'm kept very, very busy with my work, helping people to Um, educate themselves and to understand the reality of sexuality um, in the absence of reliable education. I'm sure um, uh, you've got uh, weighing uh, opinions from those who are excited about the work you do to those who give you that uh, querying eye as to what exactly it is that you do as a sexologist. Perhaps uh, for the benefit of our listeners, tell us what you do as a sexologist. Sure. So sexology is the scientific study of sexuality, and it's based on empirical evidence and on current research always. It's factual. So it's inter- I'm interested in everything to do with sexuality, not uh, from behaviors to values to attitudes and beliefs. And I work personally, I have a, a thriving private practice where I work with all sorts of people different ages, different genders, different uh, orient- sexual orientations, as well as people who might be kinky or people who might be disabled or living with chronic illness and pain and on medication. So I work with a wide range of people who are interested in discovering how to have a better sex life, whatever that might mean for them. And of course, it can mean very different things for different people. The other thing about sexology, um, obviously you can be any kind. So sexology is the, the master's degree I did. It's like doing a general master's degree in psychology and then you specialize. So I was already a therapist, so I work as a sex therapist and relationship therapist, but I also write and I do quite a lot of stuff in the media. I train at uh, university level, I teach, I teach students, and I also teach other professionals on how to be able to have uh, useful conversations with their patients or their clients uh, in a way that is sex positive and not uh, based on myth or opinion but rather based on research and and reliable evidence. Today on the show, we are talking about porn as a sex enhancer. I'd like to welcome all our listeners to please weigh in on the conversation by interacting with us on our WhatsApp number 0614104107 or on social media platforms at SAFM Radio at Patricia N. Nduli. Don't forget the hashtag SAFMLNC or you can also call us on 0891104207, alternatively 011714445 or 0117142788. Emily, let's get right to it. Is a porn something that people can use or should use to enhance their sex lives or is it something to stay clear from well i don't i think it's it's neither it's neither 
necessarily either of those. It's not as black and white as that. It depends how you use porn. Um, I think that if you have a healthy attitude to sexuality and you are happy and comfortable with what you know and with the pleasure that you give and receive, porn can be a useful enhancer in that you can watch it to get turned on and to bring a little bit of spice into your sex life, whether that's just on your own or whether that's with partners. Um, but it's not a, it is really not useful to think of porn as a method of education. So in Ireland, and I think globally, it is often used in that way in the absence of reliable sex education. Because let's face it, we're all interested in sex. We all, uh, most of us anyway, want to have sex and we want to have pleasurable sex. True that. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, so, so I think if we don't get proper education, we're curious creatures. We're going to go looking for education, looking for information anywhere we can get it. And because porn is so easily accessible and free, it is the obvious place for young people and people of all ages to go to uh, to get ideas on how to, to behave sexually. However, we must remember that porn is fantasy. Um, watching porn and then thinking that you know how to be a good lover is like watching a movie like The Fast and the Furious and then thinking you can go out and drive that way and it's going to be helpful for you. It is fantasy. It is not reality. So it is not a good way of getting education on sex, but it is a way of enhancing sex, and that's how you are putting it. But now I've also got, um, you know, another question here that's coming from our listeners, and he says, uh, greetings, mm. a quick question here. Does excessive masturbation reduce the chances in the long run of impregnating my partner? It depends what per, uh, someone means by excessive masturbation, because again, this comes down a lot to values and sometimes to what we've been brought up to believe, which may not actually be accurate. So a lot of people believe that excessive masturbation is maybe masturbating once a day, for example. To me, that's not excessive masturbation. Excessive masturbation is when you are masturbating to the point where you might be doing yourself some harm or you might be missing out on work or other social encounters or other healthy lifestyle choices in order to stay home and masturbate. That's excessive. When it gets in the way of other things in your life, um, or if it's hurting, if some people masturbate in a way that might hurt them. Some males, for example, might rub themselves against things that are rough or hard in order to get more sensation, and that can be excessive and can be damaging. However, uh, 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 you know, once a day masturbation, for example, is not going to, it doesn't affect your sperm count. It doesn't affect the quality of your sperm. What it might do is exhaust you. If you, <laughs> if you ejaculate, uh, you know, several times a day, you may not feel able then or as, as keen on having sex with a partner. That would affect impregnation, but it's not going to affect the quality of your sperm. Okay, back to porn now. Um, when one is watching porn, how, how does one choose the sort of genre or, uh, in fact, are there even genres of porn or is it all a blanket, one size fits all? And we need to bear in mind that there are people who are probably listening in and have never watched porn. So are there genres that mm. you can choose and select if you are watching porn with a partner? 
Yeah, there are absolutely loads of genres of porn and more coming on board all the time. It's it's actually, you know, quite quite difficult to keep up with with all the different <coughs> categories that you can you can look at. Um, some of them would overlap and a lot of them aren't all that different from each other. But yes, there's all sorts of things and they have all sorts of strange names. You mightn't necessarily know what they all mean uh, if, if you just went through a list of the genres of porn. So it's, it's important to figure out what you want from porn. And it's important, I think, to talk to your partner to find out what they enjoy. So often... It will be the man's idea to introduce porn as something to do with his partner because he really enjoys it and he really finds it very exciting and a turn-on. It's not always the same for his partner. and I, it, I'm not talking just about heterosexual couples. Any couple, um, it's really important to find out first what you're both into, what you both enjoy, before suddenly uh, putting porn on uh, on the TV um, and, and just expecting it to work because it isn't for everybody. And a lot of people more and more are getting um, concerned about the health and the well-being of the people involved in the porn industry. In other words, people, particularly women, will often wonder if, they're, if the women are being trafficked, if they're being coerced, if they're safe, if they're okay. And that will take away from the sexiness of, of what they're watching. So there are a lot of things it's worth talking about. Just because it really works for you doesn't mean it's going to really work for your partner. It might, but why not have a conversation about it first? Mm. And and then I think if you've never watched porn before, um, you know, it's probably, I mean, personally, I think most porn, mainstream porn that is free is pretty hardcore these days. So people who haven't watched porn might be imagining that it's quite gentle. There might be a what do you mean when you say hardcore, Emily? What do you mean when you say hardcore? So hardcore, I would say it is very. It, it, there's a lot of close-up imagery of penises going into different orifices, fast and hard and furious. There's a lot of. Um, it's very very explicit, and and a lot of porn now as well. It has a almost a, a violent uh, touch to it. So it might be, it might look like, it might be staged so that the woman in the scene might look like she's being forced or she is suffering pain or she is suffering some level of distress. That's kind of the direction porn, mainstream free porn is headed towards or it seems to be heading towards. So, you know, it's not as easy as we might think to just say, oh, I'm just going to find some porn free online and it's going to be easy to watch. It's going to be kind of gentle. It's going to be a nice introduction into into watching sex. Um, it can be quite a shock or a surprise to someone who hasn't watched it before um, because they don't tend to tell stories anymore. They don't tend to um, give hints of things. It's right up. The camera is right there, really close up. Um, and so that's what hardcore is. It's showing uh, very explicit close-up scenes of sexual acts. Wow. Um, so it's, it's, not, it's not the way it used to be, you know. It's, and, and so I guess 70s porn, for example, was famous for big moustaches and, and um, 
but the bo- and and lots of pubic hair. <laughs> um, those things aren't so popular now. Mm. But there was often a story, and there was often a, a context, and there was often it was it was often easier for people to get into it. Whereas now it's you're straight in. There's no lead in. There's no build up. You're straight into the the explicit stuff. So it's just to know that, and that works for a lot of people. And it's not wrong. There's nothing wrong with it if you enjoy it. It's just about knowing what to expect, I guess. You know, Emily, as you're speaking about uh, the way the current porn scene is in terms of the free available porn on online, it seems like it talks to where we are as a society. And sometimes if we are to, to, to look at what enhances us sexually, maybe violence is what's happening right now. Different topic for another day, but that's something I think we need to explore to say why would then uh, our society be, be leaning towards this uh, violent ways of showing pornography. But I'd like us to welcome mm. our callers uh, because we've got Tobega in Durban. Before that, um, I want to remind everyone who wants to weigh in on the conversation and just join in. We're talking closet conversations. We're talking about porn as a sexual enhancer. You can get us on a social media platforms at SAFM Radio at Patricia N. Uli. Don't forget the hashtag SAFM LNC or you can call us on 011-714-2788 or 011-714-4045. WhatsApp number 0614-104-107. It's a closet conversation so you can be anonymous. Tobega, thank you very much for being brave enough to give us your name. How are you doing? Hello, I don't say something correct. Can I hear my voice anyway? <laughs> I know this, Tobega. Hi, Tobega. Talk to us about porn. Hi, Hi Patricia. How are you? <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. I'm fine. Hello to your guest. Um, my question is simple. It's not much on the porn. But um, when she when she opened, I think she, oh, she spoke about her expertise and the types of people that she works with. Yeah. And when she mentioned, she also mentioned um, people like with disabilities, right? And I'm not um, asking like from a naive point of view because I am one of those people. And um, I mean, oh, Ben probably knows me. Um, but I've been blind for like, I think it's the second year now. And I closed the shop say like four years ago and I started using my site so I just said no I'm closing the shop so now I want to understand because with me losing my site I don't even think of it because you don't know what is going to go into you what it looks like what growth uh, what growth is there and if I want to know how she like it's just never crossed my mind that maybe a person must be sexually active now or a person must be in a relationship it's just never crossed my mind. So I wanted to know how she works like in that respect. Because I, I just closed shop, like literally closed shop and like, okay, no, it's not going to happen anymore. And I've just made peace with it. But now I'm shocked that there's a, I didn't even know the profession exists. And that I just want to know, maybe for her to go deeper into what she does, that's what I'd like Excellent. To Thank you so very much for your question, Tobega. Um, I think it would be uh, great for you to please just uh, come in uh, there, Emily. Sure. I'm, I'm afraid I couldn't quite make out. The line isn't brilliant. I couldn't quite make out the, the question. Could you tell me what? 
So in a nutshell, she, Tobega is uh, going blind and uh, she she never even knew that a sexologist existed as a profession. And you had spoken yeah. in your intro about uh, people who have disabilities and how they yeah. can enhance their sex lives. And she wanted to know how would someone like herself be able to be assisted um, like uh, from um, a sexologist's point of view? Right. It's a great question. Thank you so much for, for, for asking it. I'm sure there are lots of people who will be really, really dying to know, to, to hear more about this. So um, I, 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 it is obviously everybody's disability is different and everybody's lives are different and their attitudes and their beliefs and what they want for themselves. It's all very unique. So I would have to learn more about her particular situation and what she wants. And also a little bit about her. This is she asked. I think how I would would work with somebody um, who is going blind or somebody with disabilities. I need to learn an awful lot about their lives, their their education, all the stuff I would learn about anybody. It's all still relevant. Just because you have a disability or an illness, um, I still need to know what your values are and what your beliefs are and what you want from a, a, an intimate relationship. And that's where I start. And then when it comes to um, something like uh, a disability, depending on the disability, I think it's very, very important for the person who has the disability to find somebody who is going to be sex positive. That means that they are not going to be um, hung up on the on the disability. They're going to be looking at her as a as a as a beautiful, full human being who has got um, this issue that they live with as well, but that it's not the main focus of of their intimacy or of their life. And that, that she would be able to learn how to lead a an intimate or a sexual relationship so that she's teaching the person that she wants to be intimate with how to be with her so that she can feel safe and secure and empowered in what she's doing. So it often means that a person might have to um, check their values. So, for example, it's quite common for women to feel that the man should take the lead sexually. But if you have a disability, it's really important that you're able to teach your partner what it is that you need because it's slightly unique, it's slightly different. So a woman might need to learn how to have the confidence to lead the sexual encounters and also how to find a partner who's going to be kind, open, respectful, and not make it into the biggest deal that it could possibly be. Because it isn't. This is a full woman who's got a whole life going on who is going blind. She isn't her disability. So, you know, it's about finding the right person, someone who will listen, someone who's willing to learn, someone who's respectful and is going to meet your needs. And if they're not willing to do that in conversation and they're not willing to do that with kissing and with fondling and with gentle caressing, I wouldn't go any further with them. I wouldn't take it any further. It's it's really the tester, somebody who is, is happy and comfortable with so I suppose, whatever the disability is. I suppose someone who has disabilities would then firstly have to be comfortable with their sexual um, uh, orientation Spot and on. also be comfortable with talking openly about what they want when it comes to sex from there onwards be able to convince yeah yeah yeah. and that's a lot of the work that i do with with all people and people for but for people who have disabilities or people who have 
an issue with sex like sexual pain or if a man has a problem with his erections or anything like that, it is exactly what you just said. The first step is for them to learn their own confidence, learn about their own bodies, learn about what they really like and really enjoy. And I, I, I teach and I help people to learn that by um, through masturbation, which I, I like to think of masturbation more as self-loving. I like it's an attitude to your own body. It's an attitude to you, to um, how to touch yourself. But it's not a mechanical, fast, uh, goal-oriented experience. It's something where you're really learning how to appreciate your body, enjoy all your sensations, and build your arousal in the way that works for you. Then you then you have to help. Then I help people to learn exactly what you said, how to communicate that. And, and how to show their partners what they want and what they need. So there's quite a lot in that, learning, mm. and, and what you said is true about mm. learning to be confident, and that takes time. So I never rush. I think we are often, women in particular, can feel rushed. They can feel that they need to um, work to the same uh, speed as their, their male partner if they are heterosexual. And, of course, men's arousal and women's arousal, they're different. They, it's like comparing oranges and apples and expecting a woman to be able to be aroused as quickly as a man is just incorrect. Emily, and it can lead to unfair expectations. Yeah, Emily, because of time, I'd like to thank you so very much for joining us this evening. And I'm sure we're going to have more of these conversations because you've just opened up so many topics when it comes to sex. Thank you so very much for joining us all the way can from I, Ireland. Can I, just, can I just say to that person, that lady who rang in, if she would like to have more information from me, she's very welcome to contact me on my website and Excellent. I will respond to her in more detail if, if that's any help to her because no. I understand she hasn't heard of, of somebody who does what I do yeah. before. So could I'm you very us... happy to answer an email to her if, she, if that's useful. Could you give us your website address, please, and maybe your social media platforms? Sure, it's, it's www.empowersme.com empowers me e-m-p-o-w-e-r-s-m-e dot com and that's my website that's also my twitter and my facebook page and she can contact me through my website and i will get back to her excellent i'm Thank working you online so very with much. people uh, at the moment and so i'm very happy just even to have a chat with her no Th- problem thank you so very much emily and i'm looking forward to having more conversations with you about sex the time now is uh 20, 35 minutes after 11 and we are still talking closet conversations a late night conversation we're talking all things sex Closet Conversations on The Late Night Conversation with me, Patricia Ndouli. We are talking pornography as a sex enhancer on the line. All the way from the United States of America, we've got an apologetic sexologist, Michelle Hope. Thank you very much for joining us, Michelle. Thank you for having me, Patricia. How are you? Excellent, thank you. How are you doing? 
Good, wonderful. Great to be here. Now, I'm, I'm so excited that we are speaking to you uh, about um, a porn being one of those sex enhancers. I've already got my lines going and they're buzzing and I'd like us to just get right into it because you're a sexologist and you deal with these issues. Now, um, Michelle, I'd like us to look at this uh, particular WhatsApp. He says, hi, I'd like to remain unknown. Uh, I'm a religious person. I don't watch porn. I would like to know, can a man get, addic- get addicted? to sex is that normal um well you know there's there's two parts to this so scientifically there's nothing that necessarily says that um you can scientifically become addicted to porn similar to alcohol or drugs however you can have a very unhealthy relationship with sex in a way that can inhibit your relationships if you are you can have the same kind of psychological effects of craving sex or, or going to great lengths to get sex and maybe even putting yourself in risky situations. So that's absolutely possible. But it is not the same as like your body becomes actually dependent upon it. And I think that if you do feel that you're, you're having an unhealthy space with sex, I always recommend um, finding someone to talk to um, uh, because there's probably some underlying issues there. Now, Michelle, we also have Mandy here. She says, I just want to ask, is it normal as a lady to have a high sex drive and wanting sex daily, even after having two kids at the age of 32? Absolutely. And I think that there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, at the, you know, as we age, um, something that happens with the vulva is that um, it actually kind of like our ears, your labia, continues to grow and as women age sometimes they can experience um more arousal for for multiple reasons one they are less inhibited and two they also um become more in tune with their sexuality and um so it is totally normal you should not feel ashamed and if you're in a loving and healthy relationship with a partner uh, the idea of wanting to be intimately close with them through the act of sex is wonderful. Mm. So it is wonderful. It does happen. The older you get, you can start enjoying sex as a female. Now, when it comes to porn, I mean, it seems like a lot of people are are, are trying to, to, to find ways of saying, how do I then introduce porn to my partner? Um, if I'm a person who enjoys watching porn to in, arouse myself, can I also then um, introduce porn to my partner? But how do I do it in a way that is, you know, a loving and a way that shows that I'm, I'm still attracted to them? Well, first of all, I think porn can be used as a way to communicate different sexual desires you might have or wanting to experiment. Like, oh, I saw this in this porn. It really turned me on. What do you think about it? It's a great way to start a conversation. Um, I understand that the idea of pornography and, and perhaps someone feeling like their partner is not as desire, desirable to them, that's all a myth. Similarly to the idea that women don't have as high a sex drive as men. Definitely a myth. Um, what we want to think about is, you know, thinking about how might I talk to my partner by saying things like, oh, you know, maybe this time we can try to watch a little naughty video together and see if it arouses us both. But you really want to be tuned in to what your partner wants and, and you want to do it consensually. Like I'm not recommending anybody just like 
put it on and then be like, <laughs> check this out. Because that could offend someone or make somebody feel uncomfortable. So really want to approach it with a conversation first because communication is the most important part of sex and so is the brain. Porn can stimulate the brain to communicate through the pudendal nerve to the genitals to create arousal because when we think about the human sexual response cycle, you have to become um, aroused, like the idea of arousal is piquing your interest or getting you seeing something, you hearing something, you having a memory. So that's all brain work. And then your body follows. So porn can start that, but I would first have a conversation with your lover to say, hey, maybe we should do something naughty tonight and watch some porn together. Are you okay with that? Hmm. And I can only imagine if you've got a conservative partner, what the response to that will be. Let's go on to our Twitter. Uh, Michelle, I've got on Twitter here, um, uh, Speak Easy says, um, hmm, being single, pornography has been handy in inverted commas, especially during this lockdown period. Solo can get boring at times, so pornography does enhance the experience. So, Porn assists people who are who, who are single to actually enjoy the experience. Is it more enjoyable if you watch porn and you are going to masturbate as opposed to just masturbating without watching porn? Well, again, I think that goes back to porn can start to arouse you and it can start to get your brain thinking about um, the act of sex so you can move to a space of self-pleasure. Um, or masturbation. However, my concern or my worry is that while we are all self-isolating, watching porn can give us a false sense of what is real during sex. Because a lot of the porn out there um, oftentimes doesn't necessarily uh, have consent language in it. So there's not like, do you like this? Do you want more of this? Is it okay to do this? So it can start to skew people's perspectives on what is natural behavior in the bedroom. I like to encourage people to uh, use your imagination as much as possible and not get too heavily dependent on the porn because that can actually negatively impact your ability to have an erection, to um, climax, and to have real intimacy with your partner if you can consume too much and then have an unrealistic expectation for what sex will be based on pornography. So, Michelle, let's take a bit of a breather. We'll be back after this. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Leading the conversation on SAFM, we are speaking late night conversations and this is Closet Conversations. Yes, conversing on the things that are just behind the closed doors, but things that we need to talk about. And today we are weighing the conversation of pornography as a sex enhancer. Remember that you can also contribute on the show by just calling us on 011-714-2788. Alternatively, 011-714-4045. You can also send us a WhatsApp on 06. 1410410107 or on social media platforms at SAFM Radio at Patricia N. Dooley, hashtag SAFMLNC. On the line, we've got all the way from the United States of America an unapologetic sexiologist, beautiful as well, highly blessed and favored, Michelle Hope. Thank you very much, Michelle, for joining us again. 
wonderful. Now, Michelle, I've got more WhatsApps here. And uh, before we go to voice notes, I'd like us to just read this one. Um, uh, the listener says, hi, evening. I just experienced something that if you masturbate too much as a man, like maybe four times a week, you can't stop masturbating. Even if I can't get enough sex with my partner, why is that? Um, it's, first of all, there's, there's really no such thing as too much masturbating. Um, it is a natural, it is a natural uh, process. We all do it. Um, and and there, I want to really dispel any myths that bad things will happen if you masturbate because your, your genitalia will still work. You will still be able to reach climax with a partner. Um, if you find that you are struggling to reach climax with a partner um, because you think maybe you've been masturbating too much, maybe stop masturbating for a few days uh, and allow yourself to get worked up again. And um, and then if you want, maybe utilize the skills or the techniques and teach your partner how you masturbate. I'm, I'm all for mutual masturbation with couples. I think that it can really be an opportunity to communicate and talk about what you like and, and physically show them, I really like it when my penis is grabbed this way. I really like it when my vulva is touched this way. And it's just an opportunity to be a conversation starter. And it also can be very hot um, with you and your partner uh, mutually masturbating next to each other, but perhaps not not touching each other. It's almost like, Ooh, I'm, I'm getting all hot and bothered and I'm with my lover, um, but I'm going to hold myself back from actually touching my lover. And it, it can be a fun game. Thank you very much, Michelle. Let's take a look at more. I think a lot of people are struggling with communicating with partners. Maybe that is the reason why sometimes, you know, when one partner tends to enjoy watching pornography and masturbating at the same time, they they then don't feel um, as comfortable when they're with their partners because they just can't communicate correctly. Off to other SMSs here. Remember, our SMS line is 41391 and SMSs are charged at 150 each. All the way from Kwa Kwa, we've got Maswabi. Maswabi says, I really like women as hairy as they are. Why do women like to shave pubic hairs out? And morning sex is very nice. Does masturbation increase penis size? Uh, first of all, masturbation. Let me let me just dispel this myth. Masturbating will not get you a larger penis. You are. <laughs> Thank you. You've got what you've got. <laughs> like, let's get rid of that. Second of all, I want to remind you that penis size actually doesn't increase better sex. It doesn't make sex better. That is a myth because most of the nerve endings for women are are in the clitoris, which is right above um, the vagina opening, which is the hole. So the clitoris. Is, uh, it's the only organ uh, created for pleasure, and that is, and it's actually about three inches long, and it goes internally down the labia, and it actually helps um, women reach pleasure. So you don't need a large penis to give a woman pleasure. You need you need good ears, and you need to listen to what she wants. No masturbating or will not grow your penis. And then as far as hair, I think that that's a personal preference, but I also think that. The, the the pornography that we watch, oftentimes women don't have hair in those pornographies. So I think 
women tend to think that that's what men want, but maybe communicating to your partner, hey, I really like it when you're not shaven, that actually can, again, it comes down to communication. We really have to start having more conversations about sexuality and sex if we want to have better sex. It really comes down to communicating your wants and your needs. Communicate your wants and your needs. Communication seems to be very key when it comes to sexual pleasure. We're we, we really being diverted away from porn here. I think maybe because porn is, 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 is goes hand in hand with most listeners' um, masturbation and uh, how fantasies are played out because I've got a lot of uh, questions on masturbation. Now here, uh, someone is asking, can a masturbation make you thin if you're a man? Make you make thin. You, say that again. Can it make you what? thin? Can it make you thin? So can you like lose a couple of pounds while you masturbate? No, no, <laughs> you cannot lose weight. Masturbation does not is not a cardio workout. While you are doing a lot of movement with a hand, it is not. You will not lose weight. But that is. Thank you for asking that question. And the next one Glad says. The next one says, I want to ask, masturbation, does uh, masturbating usually or frequently, does that make your penis weak? No, it doesn't make your penis weak. Um, it will, masturbation, again, is, did you, okay, let me put it to you like this. Boys can actually be seen masturbating in the womb. Small children masturbate not to reach orgasm, but because it feels good and they're just exploring their body. Totally normal. So if you ever see a small child touching themselves, they're just trying to figure out what's going on. So this is from, my saying is, from the womb to the tomb, sexuality is a part of your life. Masturbation is totally normal. It's, it's not going to make your penis weak. It's not going to make you less of a lover. If anything, you will be more in touch with your body and you will know your body better leading to becoming a better lover. But you have to be able to talk with your partner. And it's interesting because I'm, we're not hearing a lot of questions about female masturbation. And female masturbation is great for women as well. It's a stress reliever. It can increase um, the, the release of oxytocin in the brain. It can be a cramp reliever. It can help you sleep better. So there, there are some positives in, in masturbating and um, it seems like we've neglected some of the voice notes. I'd like to ask our listeners to also call in if they would like to. And also you can be anonymous. That's why we call it Closer Conversations. Uh, the number you can dial is 011-714-2788 or 11 We're speaking to Michelle Hope, who is a sexologist all the way in the United States of America, to the WhatsApps. Uh, good evening, the uh, presenter and, 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 and your guest there. I think to me, uh, okay, let me say I'm anonymous. And uh, let me say this. I think something like porn, it looks like the women who are, do, are doing those kind of things are um, not happy about it or are like sex workers who are doing it because of money or other problems. So it, it's something that you cannot enjoy watching because you think that that woman is doing that because she's vulnerable or is because these men are using her so that they can give her money or whatever so it, it, it i don't think it's 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 a nice thing to watch 
especially when you think about that the woman is not willing just a woman who's working nice and just go and say i want to do porn i don't think women can just do that i don't know maybe they can Good evening patricia uh <laughs> i don't topic uh, i watch it for you know for, for, for different styles you know just to introduce uh, new things uh, in the bedroom with my partner but yeah uh, but it turns out I can't do most of the, of those style. I mean, I'm, I'm not as fit as I'd like to think I am. <laughs> Thank you. So, Michelle, we've got two voice notes there. The first one says, well, sometimes watching porn is just not a nice thing because you, the women don't look like they're having fun. They don't look like they're enjoying it. They look like they're actually under duress or they are being forced to do it. And the opinion of the caller is that there is no woman who's got a good job who would then just willingly go into uh, becoming a porn star. Well, again, now... I- I know that different places have different views, but I think that we have to really stop assuming that women who choose to be adult performers um, are are there under duress. A lot of women choose that because that's what they want to do. And everything that's happening in porn videos are agreed upon via contract. Um, prior to the scene actually taking place, right? Um, we also have to remember that usually the porns that we're watching, uh, especially if they're produced porns, and um, those take hours and hours and hours to shoot, um, but then they become edited, they get edited down to be the 10-minute, 11-minute, whatever the time frame is on them. Um I will say this, if you, there, you can watch ethical porn. Um, there are some places that do porn from the, a woman's perspective or that is directed by porn. Uh, and, and again, people are not under duress when they do that usually. It's their choice and they feel empowered to do that. So I want to try to be respectful of people's opinions. But we really have to start remembering that people, just because a woman chooses to do porn, that's her job. She's not, that's the job she chose. And that's totally okay. Um, so, Michelle, we've also got uh, here on Twitter, Speak Easy says, uh, I, I agree with Michelle, porn can be used um, and at times, but cannot be looked at as the ultimate. It can spice up a relationship, and I find it exciting when with a partner. Women should not be shy to introduce porn in a relationship because they are sexual beings. On the other hand, the other voice note that we heard, um, the listener said that, well, he, he goes to porn to find new stuff styles and positions but sometimes they're just so exhausting because he's not that fit so does porn sometimes just set unrealistic expectations sexually heck yes (laughs) i love the honesty people in the back it it sets the most unrealistic expectations um and and that is not how nobody is swinging from the chandeliers Nobody's anatomy, the majority of people's anatomy, is you're not squirting across the room. Um, this is like, I always compare pornography, while yes, 
it can be fun and spicy, to a horror film. We like to be scared, so we go to watch a horror movie, but we know that that is fake blood. Um, it is it is pretend. It is not... Um, it, it's, it's pretend. It is pretend. And a lot of those positions, most people could not could not achieve. So it's, it, we should not watch porn with the, 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 the feeling or thinking that it is realistic from the way the people in the pornography movies look to the acts that they, they perform. Because sometimes that can cause anxiety. Exactly. And that's the thing. You know, again, porn can be fun. It can be fun to watch. Um, but we shouldn't compare ourselves or our abilities at sex to people in porn. They are professional sex havers. I'm not going to go out on the football field and try to kick around a ball and think that I'm as good as the footballers yeah. or that, that <laughs> are professional. That's not going to, I'm not going to go out and I'm not going to win any, you know, cups or anything like that, you know, because that, 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 that's, that's, I'm not a professional. They are professional sex havers. And that's okay. That's their job. Listen, I think I love the analogies that you're painting between the professionals and us ordinary human beings. If it's not your profession, don't get anxious about it. And um, I've got someone here who's also anonymous. He says, Asian porn takes the cup because those women are always crying so it can turn you on. Laughing face, laughing face. Let's go on to some of the voice notes that we have. Good evening, uh, Patricia and your guest there, uh, this anonymous. I just wanted to know, is it normal for women not to have orgasms? Hey, hello, Precious. I, I would like to know whether is it true that uh, if you, 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 you are a regular masturbator, uh, your body ends up adapting to, to to the coming early, the coming early, the, the early ejaculation. Because uh, I think with, if you continue to uh, masturbate for a long time, your, your body adapts to, to, to coming early, ejaculating early. What's her take? Um, good evening, uh, Patricia and your guest there, uh, this is Anonymous. I just wanted to know, is it normal for women not to have orgasms? got uh, two issues there as we wrap up let's start with the first one is it normal for women to have orgasms not okay. to have orgasms so, in fact not to have orgasms so let's be real because we're in a different country there are a lot of different expectations there are a lot of cultural norms that maybe in south africa in the united states we don't kind of prescribe to but women's orgasm um for a woman not to have an orgasm, it does happen. Oftentimes, it's because a woman hasn't done, um, it could be a lot of things, but if it's a non-medical reason, it can often be a woman is not in touch with her body as well. Um, also, she might have a bad lover. That's why I go back to drilling in that communication is key. It's important for men or partners to ask, what do you like? Does this feel good? Sex should never be silent, right? It should be a conversation. Do you like this? Do you want more of this? Um, 
that way you know how to please your partner. I encourage women to masturbate so they can get to know their bodies and what turns them on in an effort to be able to articulate to their partners, oh, I like it when you touch me here. I like it when you touch me there. Michelle, um, and the other caller said, well, does masturbating cause you to just uh, be a two-minute man? No. Masturbating will not. There's actually techniques called edging um, where you can train your body to be able to stay at the plateau phase. That's that's in the human sexual response cycle. Um, It's just before orgasm when you're really feeling pleasure and you're enjoying sex, the plateau phase um, through edging, that's where you would masturbate up until the point that you think you're going to ejaculate and then you stop. And and once that urge to ejaculate subsides, you go back to masturbating again, get yourself to the point where you're just about to ejaculate and then pull back again. That is a, a, a method to where you can train your body to be able to hold an erection longer before ejaculation. All right, so there are ways uh, that you can prolong ejaculation. Is this for both men and women? Um, I think it's for, for when it comes to edging, yes. Women can actually um, have multiple orgasms, whereas men have to go through a refractor period. So it's the same process. So right before you think you're going to orgasm, you'd want to stop, stop touching yourself, and then once that feeling has subsided, go back uh, to masturbating to the point you're almost about to ejaculate. Very interesting topics that we are having. And I think because of our time, we can't go any further. Michelle, I'd really love to engage with you more often, hopefully on a weekly basis, because there's so many topics that we did not touch. Um, but as you close off, are there any disadvantages of watching pornography? Again, I think the disadvantage with watching pornography really come into place when we start to think about the unrealistic expectations of what sex will look like, how it will, how, how um, the different positions, what your body looks like. I worry that people will become um, desensitized to what real sex is uh, versus what we're seeing in porn because those are unrealistic and, again, it is uh, uh, edited, it's a, mo- it's a movie, it's all the lights, I got all the bells and whistles. Uh, so we need to really, that's my biggest concern, is just having unrealistic expectations and starting to make assumptions about sex that aren't actually true. Thank you so very much, Michelle. We really, really appreciate uh, having discussions with you. Can people uh, get hold of you on a website or social media platforms for more sex advice? Yeah, yeah I'm on all social media platforms. It's MH. So Michelle Hope Sexpert. So MH Sexpert, Twitter, Instagram. And then my website is www.mhsexpert.com.